0: Thanks for joining us. I want to remind you that if there's anything that you need prayer for, don't hesitate to give us a call, send us an email, or submit a request online. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. In today's message, Holy Spirit Come, Pastor Dwayne is talking about how to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, why it's important and not as scary as we're led by the world to believe.
1: In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 19, it says, Do not quench the Spirit. In other words, don't stop the flow. You know, you're supposed to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 8 that as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You know, but you can quench the Spirit by not listening to the Holy Spirit. But you you can quench the Spirit simply by not putting more fuel in the fire. In other words, you neglect the Word, you neglect church, you, there are things that you can do that neglect the Spirit. And by doing it, you quench the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, because of law, the lawlessness that will abound, the love of many will go cold. Because of lawlessness. Uh, we can kind of say it like this. Be, be, because of a spirit of rebellion. How many of you know that's out there? The love of many it is going to grow cold. It says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed in the day of redemption. So we can grieve him. In fact, it mentions right here by coarse talk, by things that are inappropriate for believers. And we can forget him. We we can literally be thoughtless of his presence. And it can grieve the Spirit. Now, in John chapter 16... It really is interesting. John fourteen, John sixteen. Jesus talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. He says, "Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you." In fact, Jesus is talking to his twelve disciples, who have been with him for about three and a half years, and they, that Jesus, that they've heard him preach, teach watched miracles and healings and deliverances take place and jesus said to them it's better for you that i leave because if i leave the holy spirit the helper is going to come in verse 26 it says this but the comforter the counselor the helper the intercessor the advocate the strengthener the standby the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name in my place to represent me and act on my behalf he will teach you all things he will cause you to recall everything that i have told you now dr cho pastors the largest church in the world and this is what he says he says the holy spirit does not talk to smart people In other words, if if you figure you don't need his help, you're not going to get his help. You figure you got it handled, handle it, handle it. But, But how many of you realize the difference between what you can do and what God can do is when you pray and the Holy Spirit moves, right? That's the difference between what you can do and what God can do, right? So we are to be led by the Spirit. Now, before Jesus ascended into heaven, John's Gospel says that he's with his 12 disciples, and he breathes on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when he did that, did they receive? Yes, they did. Now, now we we need to recognize that. They had the Holy Spirit. Now, when a person receives Jesus instantly, the Holy Spirit comes. And the Bible says that we are baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. The spirit of God comes and he takes you and puts you in the body of Christ. Let me just say that one of the things that that means is this, that you are not supposed to live a Christian life alone at home. You're supposed to be a part of a body. So when that happens, you are in the body, but the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. In Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist is speaking. And this is what he says. He says, he says I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I'm not worthy to carry. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ. But there is something that is supposed to happen subsequent to that. In fact, Jesus has breathed on his disciples and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. But in Acts chapter one, he said to them, But tarry in the city of Jerusalem, he said, Until you be endued with power from on high. For John truly baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, he's already breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, but he says, You need to stick around because you need the power that's going to come when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, the word baptized literally means to immerse. So, when you become a believer, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you. But what Jesus wants to do is he wants to do something more and he wants to immerse you in the Holy Spirit. I like to com- say it this way. Getting saved is like having a glass of water and being baptized in the Spirit is like going swimming. Right? One is internal, but the other is more external. And really the purpose for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is external. It's not so much for your benefit as it is the benefit of others. Jesus said, but you shall receive power. Greek word dunamis. We get our word dynamite from there. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and under the ends of the earth. Now notice Jesus gives us the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and it says that you would receive power to do what? To be a a witness now i know witnessing scares a lot of christians it really does they're, they're scared of it but now if if you are taken and you're brought to court because you saw something happen or something was done to you when you you get up on that witness stand you know what you do all you do is say this is what i saw or this is what happened to me and that's all you're supposed to do as a Christian. Is just say, this is what happened to me. This is what Jesus did. God did this, he did this, and he did this. And this is what I saw happen in my life. That's all we're supposed to do. Right? God does not want you to get up and spew a bunch of theology. Right? Nobody's interested in theology. But how many know people are interested in seeing their life changed? Right? You see, in fact, when the Holy Spirit falls on the day of Pentecost... It says that everyone heard them speaking in their own language the wonderful works of God, the wonderful things that God had done. See, when, when, when the Holy Spirit comes and literally comes upon us and we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the purpose is that there would be power in our life, power to be a witness. John truly baptized with water. Jesus said, but you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit, not many days from now, in or with. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into the body of Christ, but Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of people have this thought you know, I wish I could have been around when Jesus was on the Mount, when he spoke the Beatitudes, when Jesus walked underwater, when Jesus healed the sick, when Jesus fed the 5,000. And they're looking back at Jesus' past ministry. But Jesus has a present-day ministry. And Jesus' present-day ministry is that he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, we find 25 years after the day of Pentecost, it says in verse 1, And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having come through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and find certain disciples. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Because when you believe, automatically the Holy Spirit takes you, puts you into the body of Christ and comes and is living on the inside of you. It's automatic. So He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? Now, this is Paul, right? Paul went to heaven, came back, had visions of Jesus. He said Jesus himself taught him the gospel. He wrote about 40% of the books in the New Testament. This guy writes the Bible. How many of you think he has good theology? He writes the Bible, right. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? When you believe, it's automatic. But in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said that God will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Ask. You see, there is something besides the the immediate thing that happens at salvation. There is something subsequent. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, We have not even heard whether there be any Holy Spirit. I think they went to the same church I did growing up because we didn't hear about him either. The only reason we knew he existed was because we repeated the Apostles' Creed and it mentioned him. So Paul immediately asked them, He said, Well, how were you baptized? Because when you get baptized, You should at least hear the Holy Spirit exists, right? Because you get baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when they said, man, we don't know anything about the Holy Spirit, he's like, well, how were you baptized? Because when you were baptized, you should have heard at least about the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, we were just baptized into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John, barely baptized, with a baptism of repentance saying unto the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they believe, they're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. But notice, and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came upon them. And they spoke with tongues, and they prophesied. Now, Paul, again, he's got good doctrine. He just didn't say, well, you believe and you're baptized. you got everything there is. There's no more for you. No, he laid his hands on them, and then the Holy Spirit came upon them. It wasn't something that he just assumed would automatically take place. Now, this was 25 years after the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 8, it's only about five years after the day of Pentecost. And it says in verse 4, well, verse 5, we can start there. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude of one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice. Many came out, oh, excuse me, with a loud voice. They came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Jesus said, he who believes, it says they believe, and is baptized will be saved. They're saved. But notice verse 14. It says, now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now, they were water baptized, they believed, they're saved, but when they hear this in Jerusalem, they send Peter and John to pray for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Did Peter and John have bad doctrine? Did the apostles in Jerusalem have bad doctrine? No, these people were saved, but they hadn't received everything that God had for them. For as yet, he, the Holy Spirit, had fallen upon none of them. How many of them had received the Holy Spirit being baptized in the Holy Spirit? None. They'd all been baptized into the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit was on the inside of them. But the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen upon any of them. None of them had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Again, the pattern is we get saved, we get baptized in water, and then the Holy Spirit. As the children of Israel are leaving the promised land, excuse me, leaving Egypt, they come to the Red Sea. And the Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter 10 that they were all baptized unto Moses in the sea and under the cloud. The sea represents water baptism. And the cloud, well, they, the Bible says they passed through all night. And that cloud, at night, it was a pillar of fire, a pillar of fire. And that represents Holy Spirit baptism, the holy spirit and fire the pattern is water baptism and then spirit baptism jesus was baptized in water john baptizes him and the bible says that when he came out of the whole, the water the holy spirit descended upon him like a dove now it's not that it's a dove like the holy spirit It's the Holy Spirit, like a dove, descends upon Jesus. Water baptism and then spirit baptism. And it's really interesting that that's the point where Jesus' ministry begins, when he's water baptized and when he is spirit baptized. Now, when the children of Israel went in, they were water baptized, spirit baptized unto Moses. This is what Moses said to them. He said, the enemies that you see today... He said, you will see them no more again forever. And as Pharaoh and his army tried to come after the Israelites, they're all drowned in the sea. And it really is telling us that when a person is water baptized, there is a tremendous amount of the power of the Spirit of God to deliver them from anything that's in their life. The Bible says in Romans 6 that after water baptism, we are to come up in newness of life. We're to live a different life because the power of God sets people free. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the Holy Spirit has just fallen. Peter has preached a sermon. Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What are they to do? Repent and be baptized and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the pattern that we see in Scripture. Not that there's not exceptions, but that is the pattern. Now, in every one of the instances that that we've just talked about, it mentions speaking in tongues. And I know for a lot of people, this is kind of a scary subject. And somebody says, wow, do I have to get tongues? Well, let me put it like this. It's just part of the package. And, and you don't have to, you get to. Right? Now, you'll notice my shoe is pretty classy, huh? They came with tongues. I did not say, I want shoes with tongues. They just came with tongues. It's just part of the package. Right? And it's really, really, it is, it, is, it's the, it is similar because when you receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit... Tongues just come along. Now, you can ignore them, but they're there. They're there. Whether you're using them or not, they are there. Now, in the Old Testament, Isaiah prophesies about tongues. Now, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture. I want to talk to you about this for just a moment. Because a lot of people say, well, what good are those tongues anyway? Somebody said to me, "It just sounds like a bunch of gibberish. Well, realize in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, it says, He who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men, but to God. So you say, well, I heard that, and it sounded like gibberish. Well, they weren't talking to you. Amen. You weren't supposed to understand. In fact, the Bible says no man understands them. No man. Zero. Zero people understand. God. Why? Because you're talking to God. You, when we talk to God, what do we call that? Prayer. It is simply a prayer language for your spirit, to connect and to pray directly with God. You say, why would my spirit need to get directly in contact with God? I will tell you why. Because your head is a mess. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 says, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit, by the Holy Spirit, prays, and my understanding, or mind, is unfruitful. In other words, this is the Holy Ghost bypass operation. He looks at you and he says, you know, you need help. You got some problems and they're in between your ears and we are going to just bypass all that stuff, right? And we're going to have the Holy Spirit praying the will of God direct, directly with your spirit and keep your head out of it. I want you to just think about this. Think if God answered every one of your prayers today, what would change? For most of us, the only thing that would change would be something in our family. Hello? Because all we do is pray about ourselves. You know, basically our prayers are, you know, Lord bless me, my wife, our son, his wife. Us four, no more. Acts two (laughs) four. You know, we're like, we're like we pray all these selfish prayers. It's just about us. But how many of you know God's got more than you and me on his mind? Right? But when we're we're praying by the Holy Spirit, he's praying through our spirit, the perfect will of God. In fact, he says, your spirit by the Holy Spirit prays. Right? Isaiah 28. Whom will I teach knowledge? Whom will I make to understand the message? Those just weaned from milk, those just drawn from the breast. But precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line. Line upon line, here a little, there a little. Verse 11, for with stammering lips and another tongue, I will speak to this people. Now, Paul quotes that, 11th verse, in the New Testament, First Corinthians chapter 4. And he said, it's talking about speaking in tongues. Verse 12, and to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing, but they wouldn't hear But the word of the Lord was to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. He says, who's going to receive revelation? Who's going to get revelation about the precepts? Who's going to get revelation about the line in the word of God? Who's the revelation going to come to? Right in the middle is stammering lips and another tongue. Let me just put it to you this way. The number one way to receive revelation in the Word of God is to pray in tongues and then read the Bible. That is the number one way. It says, who's going to receive the the revelation line on line, line on line, precept on precept? Those who speak with stammering lips and another tongue. How many realize that you need the Holy Spirit to reveal the Word of God to you? It's the Holy Spirit that brings revelation, right? And one of the benefits of speaking in other tongues is revelation comes with it, right? And of course, we just talked about 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2, where it says if you speak in an unknown tongue, you don't speak to men, but you speak to God. In the fourth verse, in the fourth verse, it says that he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now, literally, we are in an edifice, something that's been built up. And what it's saying is this, that when you pray in other tongues, you build yourself up spiritually. In fact, in, in Jude, verse 20, it says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In other words, it says you're going to become spiritually built up and edified when you pray in tongues. Listen, verse 21, keeping yourself in the love of God. Keeping yourself in the love of God. What does praying in tongues do? It helps keep you in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And verse 22, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear pulling them out of the fire here's the other thing that speaking in tongues will do to you it will give you a heart to reach lost people a heart to reach the lost some of them it says uh they're, they're, they're off way off others of them it said you're you're pulling them out of the fire. they're they're backsliding but it gives you a heart to reach the lost it's something that every single one of us need. In Jesus, his present day ministry is he is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4 says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all together in one place and in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And there appeared unto them diverse tongues as of fire sitting upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were all. All the apostles were there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. And who is this baptism of the Holy Spirit for? Peter answers that question in Acts chapter 2. It says, When the people heard what he was saying, they were cut to their heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission of sin. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise the promise of the Holy Spirit it's for you and for your children and all who are afar off we today are those who were afar off 2,000 years ago the baptism of the Holy Spirit it's for all who are afar off that's you and that's me it's something that Jesus does. And I love what David said in the Psalms because some people, they're afraid of the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you something. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. People do weird things and blame the Holy Spirit. David said, your spirit is good. Your spirit is good. if so you have been watching the program today, but inside you're like, you know, I'm not where I should be with God. I need forgiveness, I need to get right with God. I'm away from the Lord. I, would, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. But also, if you're watching, but you don't know where you stand with God. If I'd say, are you a Christian? You'd say, well, I'm trying to be, I hope I am. But the Bible says know that you have everlasting life. You're supposed to know that you're forgiven, that you're right with God, that you're on your way to heaven. And if you don't know that for sure, you're not where you should be with God. And I want to invite you also to pray right? You're away from God. You don't know where you stand with God. I want you to pray this prayer with me from your heart. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. I believe he rose again and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm not going to live for myself any longer. I'm going to live for Jesus every day. I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven that I'm a part of your family, a part of your kingdom, on my way to heaven, in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer, and you are forgiven and right with God. You need, this is the first step into the kingdom of God. Now, you need to keep growing spiritually. So I wrote a small book to help you keep growing spiritually, full of bullet points to help you in your walk with God. Now, we want to give it to you free of charge. You can download an electronic copy, or if you'll contact us, we will send you a hard copy. All the information is right there on your screen. And I want to thank you for being with us. Thank you for the opportunity to share with you. God bless. Have a great day.
0: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you. Or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. While online, you can purchase a copy of today's message, Holy Spirit Come, in the WBF store. You can also download the scriptures for this message under the On Demand page. We're excited to let you know about an awesome opportunity to help Walking By Faith reach millions of viewers around the world. Right now, any gift you give will be matched up to a total of $345,000 due to the generosity of some of our partners. If God is using this ministry to strengthen your faith, please consider making a donation today and help us make use of these matching funds while they're available. If God is using Walking by Faith to change your life, we'd love to hear about it. You can connect with us on Facebook or send an email to your story at walkingbyfaith.tv. Next week, Pastor will be starting a new series, The Kingdom of God. It's packed full of great truths you won't want to miss. Have a blessed week.